the heights of New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call upstate Manhattan. I'm Aaron Sims. I'm Jonathan Bell. And this is Live and Local. It's our podcast dedicated to showcasing musicians of upper Manhattan. We talk to them about what they do, and best of all, listen to them perform live in one of our favorite local venues. Today, we are excited to welcome multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter, record producer, filmmaker, and creator of the YouTube show, The Anarchy Funhouse, Adam Fellows. Born in 1971 in Fort Huachuca, Arizona, and raised in a Catholic blue-collar suburb of Baltimore County, Adam moved to New York City in 1992 to become a rock star. He played countless gigs in dive bars and clubs while also honing his recording engineering skills, eventually building his modestly successful recording studio in Waynesburg, Brooklyn. After Adam and his wife's first child was born in 2007, he began a new career as a stay-at-home dad. And it was during these years that Adam dived into filmmaking, producing short films and music videos for musical acts, including Coyote Love, Thomas Denman, Terminal Service, and many others. And during the pandemic lockdown of 2020, while Adam was brainstorming music video ideas with his teenage daughter for his original song, Space Girls Will Save Us, she pitched, what about a dark kids show, dad? And the Anarchy Funhouse was born. We're going to talk about that and so much more with him, including his music. But first, ladies and gentlemen, let's listen to Adam Fellows. The end of a tether pulling might happen. The 
Designed for destruction, food for the dead. Our bubble bubbles twisting through the smog, hermetically sealed and closed off from the world. Roped up and swinging, wonder queens bathe your tongues in the twilight. Smashed into atoms, but we never seem to want to get it right. Deep in my pocket, a sanctum of dreams, fingering ashes, filling with teeth. Monsters echo with glee, roped up and swinging. Wonder queens bathe your tongues in the twilight, smashed into atoms. But we never seem to want to get it right. Space girls will save us from ourselves. Space girls will keep us alive. Slicing Through Angels was the first song, and Space Girls Will Save Us was the second song. Cool. Well, I'm going to definitely need you to um, educate me, for sure, sure in terms of um, where you're coming from. Um, but uh, I definitely uh, want to know more about how your um, combination of sort of uh, quirky, theatrical, a little bit punkish, Muppets, Elvis Costello. I mean, I don't, there's a lot of things that um, floated through my head, but I did have trouble, um, not in a bad way. It's just like the, it's just a very um, um, somewhat um, eccentric. Um, and, um, What's the word? There's another E word I'm looking at. Eclectic. That was the word I was like. There's such an eclectic vibe 
to your music that it was just, it, it strained my ability to really cite a clear constellation of influences. So I sure. look forward to you letting me know. Oh my goodness. Which means it might be a constellation of influences. No, it's, it's, a, it's a hearty stew of stuff. Um, no doubt. I come from pretty extensive theatrical background as a mm. child. Mm -hmm. you know, I, was, I was in theater from time middle school through high school, a few plays and musicals a year. So I have just that, just I, you know, the basic just wanting to oh, just, just shout it out to the world and tell a story and just right. be very musical about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do come from also a very post-punk, uh, right. post-modern, late 70s, early 80s world. And plus the, then there's, the, there's Beatles and then there's Steely Dan and then right. Prince. Right. It's like all of this stuff just kind of you know, weaved into my, you know, my, my fabric. That was a nice trifecta there. Yeah, Steely yeah. Dan, Beatles, and Prince. Prince, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, that's, 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 you know, I, I don't kind of, I don't do it consciously anymore. Right. It's just, it just kind of just all comes out. And that, on top of that, there's the lyrics side, well, yeah. too, which is a whole other... Yeah, that's a whole other... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's really cool is that, that trifecta you just spoke of. I think we can all agree oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tremendous pop rock sensibility yes. to his tune. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, but what's also cool about the tunes, and I think lyrically what's cool, is that the songs aren't all about, like, bad breakups and hey let's go out in the town on saturday or something like that mm -hmm. it's like not just like you know mindless pop music um which is a place for i have to say sure i enjoy it just like yeah, anybody absolutely. else does but yeah you you have a keen sense for social issues i think <laughs> uh i mean even your other tracks like in your catalog like 4 40 a.m i think and um, <laughs> right, yeah. uh and then the songs from the anarchy funhouse uh as well i think it's a, a really interesting effective juxtaposition um, that you know, it's like a spoonful of sugar, <laughs> or the, the, the music you, you, it, it rides to it, and all of a sudden you're becoming aware of things that oh, I didn't know we we're going to talk right. about climate it, change or something like that. <laughs> and uh, can you? I mean, well, I just, it's funny you bring up 4:40 a.m. because I think that was one of the first songs that I ever wrote to address something oh. like this. And this is like, I think I wrote that song. What year is it? Uh, maybe 20 years ago. But you're only 21 years old. How's exactly. that possible? Exactly. I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> just, you know, one meal a day. Um, yeah, I think that was like one of the first songs that I wrote, addressing just kind of like becoming aware of like where I grew up, uh, what it was. Uh, you know, I had a lot of questions when I was when I when I when I turned like 30. It was like, you know, why are such things the way they are, you know, why, why did I grow up in a, in a white neighborhood, you know, and, and, uh, and what did that mean for me, what was I, what did I miss out on as far as like other people were concerned, and like were, you know, was like my church and my parents and the people around me keeping me away from certain things, you know, the television, movies, you know, telling me things about other people, not in a good light, you know. So that was like one of the first songs that I wrote. I remember writing, wanting to just address things, you know, and like, but it should not address them to like a listener, 
but to explore what it meant for me as a person. Mm -hmm. And I and since then, I, I kind of can't write a song or lyrically speaking without just kind of like, okay, who am I? You know, my place in the world. You know, what have I learned, and how can I share? In, in that kind of regard, and like now I'm like now it's like full tilt press with because I had we can go into the quarantine I guess because I hadn't written a song probably since 2011 like 2011. Wow. I had been writing fiction prose for years before the pandemic, and then once we went into lockdown in that, that in March, I have two children now one nine one fourteen. And they were just going to be home. I decided to take a break from writing. I figured, like, I guess like most people thought, it was going to be six to eight weeks. We just got to ride this out, and we'll just be chill. And I was just going to stop working. I pulled out all my stuff out of my closet, fixed up all my instruments, and just kind of just started playing. Covered friends. Um, Space Girls was, uh, Space Girls Will Save Us was like the first, you know, I, I got kind of tired of the covers, and I was like, I had this nice chord progression. Mm -hmm. I had just been messing around with. And uh, I had a melody. And I guess I had a lot to say. Right. <laughs> Just <laughs> pertaining to this, you know, the particular situation that we had all found ourselves in. Right. Well, you know, and, yeah. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, watching how fragile society is, mm -hmm. how easily it could just all just be gone. It's, it's, you know, all of a sudden I had a lot to say. You know, and I was filling up notebooks of lyrics. Hmm. And uh, sometimes you need, you know, art spans from your relationship to life and in your real life. You, you have to fill the tank in order to go, right? Right. Whatever, but, but there was a new means. emotion this time that didn't exist before. There was this anger. Yeah. You know, Helplessness. Yeah. You know, being angry but not being able to do anything yeah. about it. And then just kind of just like, okay, fine, I just I just funnel this into what I can funnel it into, and that's you know where the hmm. show came from. So the the other salient disruptive biographical moment was becoming a father. Yeah. So it seems, although it's a small sample size, those are two moments that were catalysts for creativity yeah. in the form of disruption. Sure. In a sense. Mm -hmm. So, may, and, you know, maybe you can, if you want, speak to that, because we've certainly had guests where disruption has shut down uh, their creativity. So sure. maybe there's something about that that helps generate that creativ creativity for you. And, and secondly, um, I didn't know, I, sorry that I didn't know, but I didn't know that you were a prose writer. So I'm also interested in the, um, the uh, specific requirements of writing fiction or prose or nonfiction, whatever it is that you do, um, or poetry, versus writing lyrics. Mm. Um, one of the reasons it's interesting to me is I've worked with writers who have signed up to work collaborative with me on some opera projects and have discovered that, geesh, Writing words, libretto, is really a lot harder than I thought. It's a sure. completely different animal. So those two topics, mm -hmm. if I was clear, I don't know. Oh well, I mean, I got, I've been, I've always written ever since. 
child. The first thing I wanted to be uh -huh. was a journalist, and that kind of went into being a novelist. Okay. Huh. And I did that all at, uh, up until I, I was almost 17 or 18, uh -huh. until I, I, you know, the rock stardom right. called. Right, you know, right, right. You know, uh, and I kind of just left that behind. I mean, I, 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 all through my 20s and my 30s, I wrote, but not full time. Right. Not every day. You don't really get good at it until you do stuff every day, and then you work with other people until you know that's bad, do this. And that's what I started doing. Uh, I guess it was uh, 2011. Well, I mean, you talk about disruption. Well, you know, I, I, I could bring, I, I have no problem bringing this. As I, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I got sober in 2010. Hmm. And I hadn't really been doing much a few years prior to that mm -hmm. because I was on my way to the bottom. I see. But as soon as I, a few months after I quit drinking, that's a then, you know, that was a disruptive moment. You know, you're just like, right. life just changes overnight. And for the, the year and a half about, I wrote a, you know, a, a, an hour and a half concept record. Hmm. Just all this music just, because the band-aid got pulled off, all this stuff just blooded out. And it was supposed to be a rock opera. Mm -hmm. you know, the the idea was it was it was uh, not dissimilar to something like the wall where you know you just mm -hmm. you found yourself boxed in and then you break free and so that was the and to get back into it was just you know it was just a beautiful thing and I just was meeting all these different musicians and having come and record uh, and after, but after the year and a half and a half after I had finished recording all this music. You know, it's just not very easy to put on a rock opera. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's not easy, and I, I learned that pretty soon. In you know, into it, and so the rock opera just be, kind of became a concept record, just mm -hmm. getting all of my feelings out. I mean, prior to the year before, prior to getting sober, my mother died. So there was just all this stuff that needed to get worked out. Right, and the yeah. really only way that I could work it out was musically. But it's it, just music. It makes a lot of sense to me sure. that that was a project to do, a rock opera. Sure. Hearing the little that I've heard today, it just, you know, and now knowing that you're sort of your literary bent, you right. have an identity as much as a writer as you do a musician. Sure. And that brings a different perspective compared to some other people that, you know, we have who don't necessarily come from that writing. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's interesting you know. to... You, you, Bring it up, and thanks to Adam too for being so open uh, mm -hmm. with yeah. everything. Uh, because we always are interested, and I think it's always so helpful um, uh, to hear about process. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, and and some people start with just fiddling around. Some people start with um, if there is if it is with, with, with melody of some kind, perhaps mm -hmm. that they're humming around in their head and kicking around. And you start from a place of of pure. <laughs> You know, reflective, a lot, lot, lot of reflection and, and putting it into words. Well, he did say he was knocking around a chord progression. Well, that's true there. too. Yeah. But there's but, always. But there's always. There's always chord. But, well, the point is like, I guess my point is like, what's the entry point? Do you know what I mean? Right, the entry right. point, right. And, it and, is and, and it all informs. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I think it's helpful what you said to anybody listening here. And we do have people I know for a fact who've been on the show who listen to this who are they're always open to ideas of you know how do they get, you know it's it's maybe they haven't written in, in a while or they have something they thought about ten years ago that just mm. hasn't found and they've written other things on a rock opera or whatever else is like right. 
but they've never found that right core for that idea to express itself. And not only, but perhaps especially the singer-songwriter types. Absolutely. Who went, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But let's, 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 this actually segues, I think, perfectly into your latest project, Mm. the Anarchy Funhouse. Right. Um, It's, uh, I'll just say, the official description is, uh, you describe it as a surreal expressionistic show using live action puppets, animation, and music that takes a playful look at the world's most intractable issues from structural racism to capitalism and ch- to climate change. And if I can unpack that, I think it feels more like you can say it might be described as an activist-oriented Pee-wee's Playhouse in many ways. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, and, and Jonathan mentioned the Muppets earlier, um, it plays into that whole thing as, you know, Pee-wee's was educational, it was fun, it had great pop tunes here and there in it, obviously amusing talent involved. And also, uh, you did learn something without even knowing you're learning something, which I think we talked about earlier, how the pop songs kind of bring in that sensibility to what you're writing about. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's, you know, it's just an accumulation of just everything. You know, everything that I've done in my life. Music, to the writing, to acting, to, you know, production. Because you play like everything. 20 characters in one episode, don't you, at one point? What was it, what was the one episode? How many characters you played? Oh no, it's just it's, it's just a handful, like four yeah. or five. Oh, four it's, or five. It's, okay. It's a lot of it's voice acting. Yeah. He's a puppet worker. You know, right. I try not to put myself too much in it. So. But uh, uh, just to go back a little bit, just leading up to it, it's like it's the reason why I started writing fiction again is because I, you know. I was getting, you know, after the concept record, I got into filmmaking, and I had done all this stuff for all these people, learning all this stuff. I figured, well, the next thing I had to do was probably do a short film or a movie. Mm-hmm. I was like mm-hmm. to write a script. Now you got to write a script where if it's like low, no budget, you know. And 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 I didn't feel after spending a year trying to find ideas and writing scripts. I couldn't find, I couldn't get behind anything that you would need to spend two or three years on, which you have, you have to do. So, and I had all these ideas all of a sudden, and I just figured, well, just write them. Just write them. And it slowly evolved in, in like five years. Every morning, four hours a day, right? Hmm. Seven days a week. And I did. Five years before the pandemic. I didn't wow. do anything else. I just wrote. Hmm. And went to classes, I got editors, I, you know, I was, I was up until the, the pandemic, I was looking for agents. Finally, I had the book that I was ready to, mm-hmm. you know, show. We got all locked down, home with the kids, doing cover songs, I wrote, I, I wrote a song, and like, I was getting ready to do a music video for it, I just, you know, but then George Floyd happened, you know, he was murdered by the state, and it was like, after everything that we've been going through, it was like, why are we still dealing with this? And it's like, you know, to make a silly music video for a song, it just, it just didn't feel right to me. You know, and I was like, I want to do, I want to be part of the conversation. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to start, you know, I want to start learning. I want to, you know, and my daughter, that's when she said, what about Dark's Kid Show? And it just, it just, it was like, ah, it was just, it just opened. I, I just, I saw, I, I saw the line of like, you know, look, hello, friends. How would you like to die for capitalism? 
it just it just seemed to make sense, you know, and 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 just take everything that I have learned up until this point in my life and just just all do it at the same. You just do all of it for one thing. Right. And it took a couple shows, and I you know by you know the third and fourth show, I think I really kind of hit my stride with it. Um. It's as far as a, 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 a aesthetic right. and tone. Uh, um, and it, it it almost feels like that's the Anarchy Funhouse was what I meant I was meant to do all along. Interesting. You know, it's so it's a culmination of yeah. a lot of the different facets of yourself artistically and also just in terms of your skills. I'm sure it helps that you have a producing and recording engineering background where you can pretty much do things yourself. Right. Where most people might have to bring on board that sort of expertise, I would imagine. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah I'm very lucky. And I'm just, I, I'm just to bring, to go back to your point very quickly, I don't, because I don't want to, oh. it was like, as far as like, the headspace for like, prose writing and lyrical writing. Right. It is very too, it's, it is, like, I do feel very different. Right. In my mind as I'm sitting down and, and like, writing prose as opposed to writing lyrics or anything. Yes, I mean, it's like, it's a very dis different headspace. You know, absolutely. Sure. It's like I'm not proficiency you know, in one doesn't guarantee anything. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I don't even know how. It's, 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 you know, I'm not even. I'm not even sure how good I was as far as prose writing because I never really got that far. You know, even just because you're doing something that <laughs> doesn't mean right. you're any good at it. You know, so you know, a lyric. You know, I have lots of experience and lots of. Time lyrics, but this you know. particular project brings together you being a father, right? Brings together your humor, your uh, brings together your writing, brings together your theatrical sense that you've had since a, a teen, mm -hmm. your musical interests. Like you said, it, it really does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it really does. That's cool. And I want to share with our audience right now a clip from the Anarchy Funhouse, which oh, we're great. going to great. insert for people to listen and see. Uh, uh, it's for um, the video for a song that Adam wrote called All It Took. There's a little bit of uh, dialogue intro to it, I believe. Do you want to set it up, Adam? Yeah. Um, so in this episode, uh, the latest episode, episode four, What is Anarchy? Part two, we are in a anarchist settlement called Samba K after the Great Collapse has happened. So climate collapse has happened. So we're, 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 we're about a generation ahead. So this is a, a settlement that has living in an, an, an anarchy life, anarchist life, and Emma is a 12-year-old girl who is uh, born and raised in the settlement. She knows no other way. And then Jackie, who is much older and uh, was a small child during the Great Collapse. So they are, the power has went out at Samba K, and it's Jackie's responsibility go to the substation to figure out what's going on. So the so Emma and Jackie are on their way to the substation. They have a little conversation and Jackie goes into song. And here it is. Enjoy all it took from the Anarchy Funhouse. You were alive before the collapse, right? Yes. But I was a small child. Is it true that people went hungry even though there was more than enough for everyone? Yes. And everyone was okay with that? I wouldn't say that everybody was okay with it, but 
It was considered normal. It, it was normal? For people to not have enough to eat? I'm afraid so. I'm so grateful I was born into this world. Nice work at the Anarchy Fun House. I hope, hope everybody enjoyed their time there. Uh, please go back. There are four episodes, and there are more forthcoming. Uh, but before we uh, leave Adam, I also uh, we want to share one more song from Adam as well. Uh, what do you have for us? This is a brand new song. Um, it hasn't, doesn't have anything to do with the Anarchy Fun House. It was a song I've been working on for a few weeks now. Um, it's called Sinead Was Right. And it's, it's kind of just something that's been sitting with me for a very long time, lyrically speaking. Okay. Um, many of you may or may not know Sinead O'Connor in 1993, I think, when she was on Saturday Night Live on the second song where she sung a cappella, the song War. She, after the song, she held up a photo of the Pope and then ripped it up. And, you know, fight, and then she said, fight the real enemy. And everybody flipped out because they didn't know what the heck she was talking about. And then, but you know, it took it took a decade to realize, oh, that's what she was talking about. You know, all the child abuse that's that's going in the Catholic Church for well, God knows how long. <laughs> anyway, she was right, and so I've always wanted to just be able to just say that in song. <laughs> and here you are talking about it decades later. Yeah. So how about that? Well, so yeah, a new song called "Sinead Was Right." You're hearing it here first, folks, on On Air. Enjoy Adam Fellows. Sinead is right. I hate that I can do everything well but nothing right Jesus ain't got nothing on her Sinead was right Brittle brains My head filled with bees If I see it it mustn't be real An epic poem written with shards of stained glass From a bomb down church I hate that I can do everything well But nothing right Jesus ain't got nothing on her Sinead 
immaculate Born in a cage God has cast you out the gallows away A trail of ruined lives is a small price to pay For your salvation Tear up that photograph In front of an eyeless world Revolt against the absurd She found what was hidden under your robes Now earth will be your hell Fight the real enemies Fight the real enemies Got it real, but this is Confessional Twisting in tongues Millions of hands strangle the ones that they love There's not enough holy water to wash away all The sins in these walls I hate that I can do everything well But nothing right Jesus ain't got nothing on her listeners please like where they can go to hear more of your material different places online um, um websites well there's adamfellows.com and there's a there's a page of a, a bunch of music from just the past 10 years um a lot of those songs were sung by other singers uh people covering my, my material but there's about 10 songs on there there's also soundcloud and adam fellows where it goes back a little further Okay. But then, you know, Anarchy Funhouse on YouTube is pretty much where you're going to get all the flavors of Adam Fellows. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a, the best place to start. Well, okay. listeners, you can fi you'll find those links in the description of this episode. And uh, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time here to be with us here today. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. I really do appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks. Sure thing. Uh, this is In What Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all kinds who make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show some love to us right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps, and please share it with your friends. Thanks to Hudson View Gardens for hosting us, and to Heightsites.com for local uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all that we do, including the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, pop-up galleries, live performances, and so much more. You can support On Air and all of our free programming by making a tax-free donation to us at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate. And we want to give special thanks to the support for this program by New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council and in part supported by a grant from NYC and Company Foundation with partial support from Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer. 
top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Aaron Sims. I'm Jonathan Bell. We're in Wood Artworks on air.